When I was just a little girl, I asked my mother, what will I be? Will I be pretty? Will I be rich? Here's what she said to me. Que sera, sera. Hello and welcome to You Were Going to Be Fantastic. My name is Jenny Ryan and I'm um, very excited to have a guest with me here today who I don't know very much about. Um, so welcome. Can you please state your name and your age? My name is Joel Craker and I am 38 years old. Fantastic. So the reason, Joel, we ask your age is because this is a podcast for people who have to be at least 30 years old. And the purpose of it is to find people who are 30 and up and ask them um, what they thought they'd be doing in their lives. And then we figure out what went wrong. Hmm. And we try to figure out why you'd never ended up living the dreams Hmm. of your childhood. Mm -hmm. So there's various stages to the podcast. Um, The first thing we're going to do is ask you... Cast your mind back to when you were 17, 17, 18, on the cusp of adulthood. Mm-hmm. What, Joel, was your vision for your future? Where did you think you'd be at 38? Oh, boy. Uh, well, for sure, I was going to be married already, and I am. So yeah. I, I got that one right. Yeah. Um, but in terms of, like job or a vocation uh when i was 17 i was part of a very like evangelical charismatic christian church okay that explains the marriage yeah 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 and uh and so i it's taking a fair amount of imagination at this point because i don't know that i actually had any sort of real concrete plan okay about my life at 17 but i'm sure it involved being a pastor or like part of a worship band really like 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 the christian version of a rock star okay like that was i think that was kind of my plan jars of clay yeah yeah Okay. That's where we're, that's kind of where we're headed there. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. you were seventeen, so was, eighteen. You saw yeah. yourself as like a cool Christian. Oh yeah, super cool. Okay. Yeah. So where were you living at the time? Uh, well, you know, in the coolest place that you could be living in my parents' basement. In what town? <laughs> in Steinbeck, Manitoba. Steinbeck, Manitoba. So yeah. where is that in relation to Winnipeg or uh, Brandon? The only two towns I it's, know. It's above forty-five minutes south. East, yeah, southeast of uh, Winnipeg. Okay, so you were there. You were finishing school. Did you know who you were going to marry? Where you were like, this is the no, girl. No, I was praying about that. You were praying on your future. Yes, life. like not praying on my future. Oh, <laughs> you were like praying prayer. for my future. <laughs> wasn't praying. That's, a, that's okay. a very different. Right. Yeah. Praying, but yes, right, right, right. That was one of those things that I would pray for. It would be like that. That, you know, it was, I mean, really, like, I'd only dated, at that point, I think I'd only dated two girls. Okay. And I was probably convinced within the first, like, 24 hours that I was going to marry both of them. Right. 
So. Okay, so this is a this is interesting. Do you? I dive deep fast. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so when you. Do you think, because lots of times I talk to people and they're like, yeah, when I was 17, I knew I was going to be living in New York City and I knew I was going to be working at a magazine. Like they kind of know what they're going to be. Do you think because you had a faith in the universe and God to provide, you weren't like worried about it? Yeah. Were you letting Jesus maybe. take the wheel? Maybe. There okay. was probably an aspect of that. There was probably also an aspect of laziness. Okay. That I probably just kind of like interpreted into like oh i just have faith that god will provide but okay. i really just don't want to do the work okay so you were <laughs> hope, you you were new you knew you'd have a wife yes and you knew yes. okay so but what is it that you do now uh i am a baker so you were not jars of clay no you're not a christian rocker no okay but you no. are still a christian yeah there it's interesting <laughs> I assume because you're a church goer, but... I hesitate only because, uh, and he probably won't listen to this, so this is fine, but I've, I've recently, I've been having this, like, ongoing email Bible study with one of my brothers who okay. is a lot more evangelical than oh, I am. Oh, okay. And who is, to some extent, I can see a lot of myself at... A younger age uh -huh. in where he's at now okay um and so there's there's a part of me that in the last like little while when we've been doing this has been like wait am i a christian but i think i am okay so yeah okay okay <laughs> um so but but the, so the, you're but you're not an evangelical christian anymore no okay so you're not using so. your bread to share messages of god not necessarily. I feel like this last week was like maybe a little bit closer to that because I had a little bit of a Lent connection there. Okay. Um, with the wilderness. So tell listeners who are... Okay, the reason I know you, Joel, is yes. because I buy... Full disclosure. Full disclosure. Uh, I buy bread from you. Yes. And when Joel's bread comes to our homes, uh, you bake... You have, you have a bread subscription. So um, it's a... Potentially the most hipstery thing I do. I get bread from you once a week, and I, I pick it up, and it's brown paper bag. It's hyper local. And yes. hyper local. You make it in your home, and I. Uh, it always comes with a message on the bread. So somehow you bake in a message. That's right. In a very yeah. and it's always a message for us to think about. So it's um, food for thought. Food for thought. <laughs> so it's things. I also maybe thought I would be a youth pastor. So okay. like that's where the humor. Right. The lame oh, yeah. humor comes from. Sure, I've been sure. practicing for a long yeah. time. So we've got <laughs> bread that'll have a message. So sometimes the bread is about um, it's thematic. So once it was yeah. when people were doing a whole Me Too thing, it was yep. it was right around Judge Kavanaugh. Yes. Uh, and I had a was, stencil that said "Believe Women." Yes, and then there was one that said uh, it was a picture of um, teepees, and I think it said Treaty Six or something. Yeah, and it was around mm, thinking I'm about. There was one that was with teepees and I think I had one that had like how many days that they had Oh yeah. they had had the camp in Regina set up. Right, 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 right. And one I think one said solidarity and it that one of the A's had or the A in solidarity had was a teepee. Right. So you try to get people you generate conversations in people's homes. That's right. right. Yes. You know, people gather around the table, people you know, come together at 
meal times and hopefully this bread can be some kind of a springboard for people to engage in conversations around their dinner table that they might want to engage in but might not have uh, a way that isn't super awkward to engage in those conversations and so I feel like the bread offers this like curiosity aspect to it like especially kids will be like oh what does that mean and so there's already this like right. questioning and curiosity to it that's different than just like here's I'm gonna educate you about whatever topic that I feel right. passionate about so this feels a little evangelical it is a little bit evangelical. So there's, yeah? okay. so there's, so there's something. So your 17 year old self would be pleased. <laughs> Somewhat pleased. Okay. So how did you get, let's get you from the basement of your parents' house in Steinbeck. Right, right. You finished high school. Yes. You knew you needed a wife. Yes. That was kind of the thing you needed. Yeah. So where did you go to find one? You packed up, you finished high school. I, I went to Bible college. Whereabouts? In Winnipeg. In Winnipeg. So yes. was that the only one? No, I I could have gone to one in Steinbeck, oh. but I kind of I kind of wanted to like spread my yeah. wings a little bit, and um, I had spent the the summer the two summers like summer after I graduated, uh, I spent as a camp counselor at a Christian at, camp. at a Christian Bible camp yes okay. um, in southern Manitoba. And uh, a whole bunch of my coworkers uh, were signing up for. I had I had decided that I would take kind of a year off. This is now maybe the part where you edit this out. But <laughs> this was actually I had taken a whole year off, and I had tried to like work and like do jobs and things like that because <laughs> sure. like you know I like your gap year instead of traveling, I just worked at lame jobs in Steinbach. Okay. And uh, and then I went, in summertime, I went and worked at this Bible camp that I had grown up going to. Sure. I loved it very dearly. Uh, and so all these people that I had developed relationships over the summer um, were all signing up for university of all kinds. Some right. were going to like the U of M or the U of W, which is the University of Manitoba in Winnipeg. Uh, and some were going to this place called Canadian Mennonite Bible College. And I had sort of, I knew I was going to go to Bible college. I knew, quote right, unquote, right. that I was going to go to Bible college. It was just an expectation. I, I just, it was an expectation that I had put on myself. So I not your think, parents. I don't think my parents, I think I could have gone anywhere. Okay. That would have been fine. They wouldn't have been like devastated if I went to a, like a regular liberal arts college. Okay. Um, but I knew that I was going to go to a Bible college okay. also because I thought it was going to be easier. Okay. So I feel like this laziness, <laughs> like I, when you conflate yes, your faith yeah. with laziness. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is, this is something I've never really thought about, but okay. yes. Yep, yep. Yep. That's definitely coming out as a theme. Yeah. Um, I thought it was going to be easier because I was always really good at Sunday school. <laughs> like, because like, Sunday school is like, like. Like a quiz show. Oh kind no! Of thing. I don't think this is what you Jesus know? intended. At I all. know, definitely not, definitely not. <laughs> but uh, but like I always knew the right answers. Sure. Like, like they would ask like you know whatever questions about the Bible story, and I would always know the answers. I'm like, Bible school, Bible college yeah. is going to be a cakewalk. So it's gonna so, be so okay. easy. And that spoiler alert 
It was not easy. Really? It was not. It was not just Sunday school quiz show. They actually wanted you to think. You need to think. Like yeah, it, you needed like, to actually think. Like analyze and then yeah, interpret. Yeah. Like biblical text. Yeah. Not and easy. Question things. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, okay. Not easy. So. When did you drop out? Well, I didn't. Oh, you did? I didn't. Okay. I didn't. That was, that was, uh, yeah. So I had said, okay, I'm going to take a year off and then I'm going to go to Bible school. And so then uh, I had not made any plans all up until I saw people signing up for university, registering for classes. And you were like, oh, I forgot. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, I guess I have to do this now. Yeah. Like I've taken this whole year off. I guess I have to do this now. And uh, some of my coworkers were like, oh, you should come to Canadian Mennonite Bible College. That's, that's where we're going, CNBC. You should, you should come there. I'm like, I don't know. Is it too late to register? And they were like, no, they'll take anybody, basically. I'm like, sold. Perfect, yeah. Perfect. Perfect yeah. for my lazy, yeah. my lazy ass. Uh, and so then that's where I ended up going. Uh, and I actually had some people from the church that I was going to, like, take me aside and be like watch out because this place is like it's very liberal and like you know your brain might fall out because you're so open-minded oh kind of thing it was it didn't have a good reputation amongst the conservatives okay which i was a part of at that you point. were a conservative thinker i would i would say so yes and then you were like but you were lazy. but i went there because i was late yeah because it was just like the place that there was that opportunity to go. Do you think you were conservative because you were lazy and it was easy just to follow what they were telling? I think you? that's that's how I grew up. Yeah. 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 Okay. It was yeah. Just, yeah. I just it was the water that I was born into. Right. The air okay. I breathed. Okay. Mixed metaphors. Sure. Okay. So anyway, you go off to Bible college. Did you bring your guitar? Like this is still oh, yeah. rock star. Right? Oh yeah. Like still. For sure, I was still deeply entrenched in the like, and I did actually play. In the CNBC, which then became CMU, Canadian Mennonite University, became a university. Mm -hmm. uh, I played in the worship band, and I actually got like school credit for it. Okay. At least two years. So now you're talking about going to a Mennonite university. Yes. Were you a Mennonite event? I don't think of I... Mennonites as evangelical, but I right. There don't are know. like a whole. There's like the whole spectrum of like Mennonites are diverse. They are. They are diverse, and I grew up actually in a in a denomination that is called the Evangelical Mennonite Church. Okay. Uh, and that's the that's the church that I grew up in, and then I even I took it a step further and stepped out of the Mennonite stream and just went to like a straight up like happy clappy hands in the air falling on the ground, charismatic church because wow. like because the church I grew up in wasn't like. I guess conservative or whatever you... enough for me. Okay. <clears throat> so I had to do that for my high school, and that was what that was where that was the church that I was going to when I. So I could see how they would be concerned. If they you were, were they were the... very concerned. Okay, yeah. so what happened to you when you got to university? Were your eyes so? Because I think of you now as like a a pretty cool mm. guy. Well, thank you. That's kind of like you're sitting here all. I aspire to that. Tattooed yeah. and yeah. And you know you wearing seem, my old navy vintage looking shirt. You seem to care about the community <laughs> diversely. You have a sign on your door welcoming refugees. Yes. I don't think of you as like a conservative person. Yeah. So something, I mean, something I, happened in my very stereotypical view of people. I guess right yeah. now, um, yeah. something happened. There was something a happened. was it the 
what happened to you at university? Well, I mean, like, to use, I guess, maybe some of the evangelical terminology, like, my eyes were open. Like, the scales fell from my eyes. And the I way you a, were warned. Yeah, yeah. My eyes were opened. I, well, and it was a rough, it was a bit of a rough transition for me, I would say. Like, I remember going to, it was like some like restaurant that also had a bar attached to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember, you know, we were going to just like go have like, let's go get some fries and milkshakes. Like mm-hmm. somebody had as you like, do at right. 20. Yeah, as you do. And so we walked in and I looked in like through the door into the bar, uh-huh. the bar. Right. And I saw, I recognized people from my school. Oh. Like students. Oh, from the university. Yeah, from the they Bible were college. drinking at the bar. Oh, wow. And I was, I was very nearly scandalized. Right. And so things like this would happen or like a friend, a friend would mention a, they had a friend who was gay. Yeah. Like, not even that they were gay. Yeah. That they had a friend who was gay. And this was also like, how can you be friends wow. with a gay person? Right. And also... And and so, not want to save them and... Right. And, and not like want to fix them. And accept them for their... Right. right. Yeah. It was just, they were just friends. Yeah. Yeah. So, things, little things like that happened. And, I mean, partly it was the culture that was there that was just... Something that <clears throat> a lot of the things that we talked about were different things than I had grew, grown up talking about. And um, just getting to know people who were gay or had different experiences than I had. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, what that did was simply humanized any like opinions that I had about some other that I had otherized and kept at a distance. Getting to know someone who was actually part of whatever opinion I had made that opinion much less harder to hold. Uh, Right. I don't know if that's... Well, you could no longer have... Ju- like, you could no longer just make stereotypical decisions, like, or assumptions about people, because you're like, right. wow, people are complicated and nuanced. Yeah. Okay, so presumably you're having to, like, go home and see your parents. Mm-hmm. And go back to your town and see your family. Did you tell them that your mind was changing, or did you try to, like, have big city Joel, small town Joel? I feel like even to this day, there's a little bit of that that happens. That second part, oh. the big city and the small town. Um, which is why having these this email thing mm-hmm. with my brother has been so taxing at times. Because um, he doesn't know. Well, I mean, he knows now. Right. <laughs> Just let it all... Does he, it all does he still out. live in Stein? No, he doesn't. He my my all my brothers and their families all live in Winnipeg. Okay. Yeah. So how long was your program? Mm, it was a three year degree and I took a little bit of extra time, so I finished it in four years. Because you were lazy. Because <laughs> I was lazy. I was protesting. What? I was I, I did some kind of I can't even remember what it was. And Heather will just roll her eyes. Heather's my my spouse. 
And, uh, and, but yeah, I was, I don't know. I took a year off for some reason. So anyway. So, I, I so did, so first. Heather, did, yes. did you meet her at yes, Bible we College? Met, we met at Bible College, which some people call Canadian Mennonite Bridal College. Oh. Because this sort of thing is not unique to us. Right. This is the kind of thing that happens at Bible College. So was she like a cool lefty liberal oh, so girl? Cool. So do you think still she's still so cool? <laughs> so do you think that some of your shift happened because you were like this cool girl? Yeah. And so she kind of opened. She for sure. Wow. Some of our like we were actually just talking about this the other day about like some of our first like we would stay up all night talking and we would talk about god yeah and theology these are not the conversations i had i know right that's (laughs) that's nice we still like drank our faces off sometimes like we had like some of those things that that people have as like their college experiences but yeah and we were just coming from very very different backgrounds like our childhoods were very different in terms of like the churches, the church communities that we were brought up in. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and yeah, we were just, we were at very different places. And I mean, that was a huge part of like my evolution as a person. And I would say as, as a Christian as well. Interesting. I wonder if you had gone to like a different, like if you'd gone to just a university, like a normal liberal school, mm-hmm. if you would have found yourself moving towards like the conservative kids and then not, like I just, yeah. I wonder if it was like the, because it was a safe, like a Christian university was a safe place to right. try this stuff on totally. without shocking yourself into thinking, oh my goodness, yeah. I'm betraying my family yeah. and myself. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So. You and Heather got degrees of some yes. sort? Yeah, we both have Bachelor of Theology degrees. Okay. <clears throat> she also has uh, an International Development Bachelor degree and a Master's of Human Security and Peacebuilding. Wow. Yeah, so she's she's got all the academic stuff. I have the Bachelor of Theology. So what did you do? <laughs> so what did you do? Like, you finished school, yeah. you picked up your guitar, and you said, let's go conquer save some souls and not by the time I was finished school I was not that was not where my head was at in terms of saving souls or guitar yeah well guitar maybe a little bit more I still wanted to be like a like a rock star I always wanted that's why I picked up the guitar was because I wanted to be a rock star not because you wanted to play music (laughs) well I I didn't want to play baseball okay and in your town there were two options well i i I told my parents i didn't want to play little league anymore and they said well you have to do something right because i'm sure because they had four sons and they're like we can't stand you guys anymore so you have to do something after school and i was like kind of like into getting into music and i'd really like to you know be famous someday because Right. My dad, my dad is like really into like celebrity culture. Oh, so I feel like that that's... sort of like infused my like aspirations for life. That's it's like... just like to be 
famous. To be famous. Did you, to be famous. It's interesting because I wouldn't have thought that that was, again, my stereotypes of what people mm. are, I wouldn't have thought that like evangelical Christians right? would want to be, to be interested in celebrities. Were they interested yeah. in like Christian celebrities or just like celebrities? Just everyone. My dad really loves the royal family, especially. Oh. Yeah. Very into the royal family. Um, no, my dad, like we just, there was some like quote unquote Christian music like that he would play but like I grew up on like the Beatles Michael Jackson like all the pop my dad was super into like pop music Amy Grant a little bit okay that's like a little bit that was like a little bit young for him maybe okay yeah wasn't quite I'm just naming the only Christian yeah, no, Jurassic he Clay. was. He Amy, really I, likes like. There's a guy named Keith Green and Larry Norman. Those were his two okay. things, but okay. those are, those are like, a little bit older than Amy Grant. But you, I mean, here's the thing about Amy Grant. Yes. She was a real crossover artist. Right. So you could have been like, well, I'm gonna yeah. do crossover for sure. Yeah, for Christian sure. rock, and then, but okay. One so, of my favorite. Can I just say yeah. one of my favorite lines that I ever saw on like the back. It was like on the back of like a DVD, I think, about this guy Larry Norman, yeah. who my dad really liked. Yeah. And they talked about like he was he was like a real crossover artist because he brought the crossover mm. to the mainstream. And I was like, oh, oh, that's really bad and really good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so you and Heather finished school, and you were like, now we're gonna. Yeah. Hmm. What did you do next? What did we do next? We moved to Saskatoon. For what? what we did next. Why? Uh, that's a good question. I'm not entirely... Well, okay. So what we did right after we graduated, well, because we sort of... Because she was already starting her second degree when I graduated with my degree. Okay. So I worked, and she was also working, and then working on her degree uh, and this was all in Winnipeg still so by the time she was done her second degree um, we were kind of like okay we need kind of feel like we're like stuck in a Winnipeg rut like we need a new place to, to go and we also hadn't taken a honeymoon we had gotten married in that time and so we quit our jobs and we went for six weeks to the Maritimes Okay. And we just kind of hung out. We had a friend who was there, so that was our home base. And then we would just do these little like trips all around the Maritimes and kind of explored a good chunk of it. Okay. And then we came back. And then what were we going to do exactly? I'm not sure. We didn't really have a plan. But we were like, well, we need to get out of this Winnipeg rut, so we'll move to Saskatoon. It's an interesting thing since I moved to the prairies is how many people I met I've met who got married and then they figured their shit out. Mm-hmm. Like my experience is people figure their lives out, get their, get jobs, get yeah. careers, finish school. And then when they have all that lined up, then they get married. But mm-hmm. here, yeah. and I feel like it is this Christian kind of tradition or culture where yeah. you get married to someone without a plan. Yeah. But then like, what if you don't, like your life and then you're stuck with this person well, some people get divorced uh, but i guess okay what, what, it happens and was that even in the uh evangelical 
Um, I guess you're not anymore, not, so yeah. why would it matter? Yeah. That's not your story anymore. That's not my story anymore. So did did Heather's faith change at this point? Like, did you change her too, or you just kind of like changed? Um, like there's so there's kind of this running joke in my family that like my brothers and I were all kind of raised as blank slates, uh-huh. and so we just sort of like osmosified, if that's a word, absorbed, <laughs> absorbed whatever the like. Like, we all kind of became very similar to our spouses. So you're like chunks of tofu. Yeah. You absorb the Yeah, yeah. The flavor, flavor from, yeah. Our, from our spouses. Lazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so we just all kind of like really then, like, and that's not to say we had no personality growing up. <laughs> right. We all had our personalities growing up, but we have definitely like, if you look at each of these four families, like... Did anyone else go the route that you went, which was to like break faith or like? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah my so I'm the oldest, and then my next oldest brother, like I would say, is went took it even further than me, and he is not even a Christian anymore. Right. Which like worries my youngest brother to no end. Because your younger brother is the one who kept it the most. Right. Do you think he felt a pressure because his older siblings left the Just, faith? Just like forsook yeah. everything. Yeah, probably. That's what happens yeah. sometimes to little brothers and I sisters. I guess so, yeah. They... Are, are you a youngest? I'm a little sister, yeah. You're a little sister. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would know. You would have some of that experience. So how did you end up as a baker? So you moved to Saskatoon, but okay. you have also told me that you yeah. lived in... The States and you lived is, in yeah, Africa. Yeah, we moved to Saskatoon so. and we kind of just worked random jobs for about, I want to say like a year, year and a half maybe. Uh-huh. Like Heather was like at the Star Phoenix stuffing flyers at one point and it was just like shitty jobs. Right. We did not enjoy the jobs that we were working in in Saskatoon we really loved the city and we loved hanging out there we had great housemates we were like sort of sharing like a a two sweet house with some really good friends um and you're how old at this time we would have been like mid-20s okay yeah I was 22 when we got married whoa and Heather was 23. No way. Yeah, which was like probably a good like five years younger than she thought she would ever get married at. And you were like, this is my plan. And I was like, we're a little bit behind schedule. Yeah. Here. Like I would have like, you know. Do you, okay, so how, how long <laughs> did you date before you got married? We dated for four years. Whoa. Yeah. She's your life lady oh, yeah. for life. She, she's, she's the one, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think I proposed to her like at least six times before we actually did get engaged and we were engaged for a year and a half my goodness it was long yeah yeah okay but you know compromises so you moved so you moved to Saskatoon and you were doing <laughs> so, jobs and then how and we did didn't you... really we didn't we weren't really like digging it and you know have these theology degrees and I was like you know like so we were looking around to see like could we get like some kind of like a church job? Cause they pay really well. <laughs> this feels like, I 
I it feel sounds like, cynical. Oh, it sounds cynical, but like, like they I, do. They pay a lot better than stuffing flyers at the Star Phoenix. Yeah, let me I guess, tell you. But I don't know. I don't know. Um, and so like once you even like start thinking, I just think Jesus must be the one. I be know, like, Come right? on, guys. I know. This is not what I had in mind. No. This is what he's saying. Yes. Wherever he is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely not. But anyway. Anyway, good benefits. Etc. Etc. Uh, and when when you even start thinking about it, it's kind of like how Google is now. Like you know, when you like you think like, oh, I might like to take a trip to Chicago, and then all of a sudden your Facebook has ads about yeah, Chicago trips. The computers are reading our minds. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. It's the same way with like when you think about like, oh, maybe I might like to become like a pastor, a youth pastor. Then ev- like every church that's looking for pastors. They somehow know about that, and then they, they're like clamoring. So you're so, saying you use the power of the secret. Yeah, basically. Manifested basically, jobs. Okay. Kind of, and so we got it. We got one interview, and that that place didn't. Did they hire couples? Out. Like, this was for like a shared position, and it was just like. They wanted like a five-year plan and we were like, <laughs> yeah, uh, we're 25. Like yeah, we don't yeah, have yeah. a one-year plan. Uh, ended up in Swift Current. Okay. And I got a job as a youth pastor and Heather got a job managing a thrift store. Okay. An MCC thrift store. MCC meaning? Mennonite Central Committee. And so like... The, Do you want to know what I thought was that MCC stands for? I want to know. Mennonite Clothes Closet. Oh, yeah. Because they well, sell a I mean, lot of clothes. That makes sense, too. Like secondhand clothes. The thing about Mennonites is that we like acronyms, but I think, again, the laziness. It comes up. Okay. Like, because MCC stands for Mennonite Central Committee, but then there's also Mennonite Church Canada, which you could acronymize MCC. to MCC. But we don't, because it's confusing. We call it MC Canada. Oh. But it's like... Yeah. It could be the same thing. Yeah. It's laziness. Okay. He said it, not me. Mennonites yeah. are lazy. <laughs> Spoken there we by go. a minute. There we go. There we go. I'm allowed to say it. None of you are allowed <laughs> to say it. Okay, so... So, so what we're in Swift, Swift Current. Current. Yeah. How do so you get then, from Swift Current to Georgia? Or whatever. Well, the Georgia thing is also... an. I feel like I'm going on. I'm going to break the record for this, like, hour and a half. That well, you're... your life seems to have had a lot of... Um... Okay. As long as you're, as long as you're good, I'm yeah. good. So, where, so Swift so, Current? Swift Current. Uh, the Georgia thing... So, we have volunteered at this place in Georgia three different times. I have. Okay. Heather's gone twice. Okay. Uh, the first time that I went was actually for my... Theology degree. When you we were had, in your when I was, undergrad. When I was in my undergrad degree, uh, we had to do like a, an internship kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And so there were a number of different organizations that we could do this with. And depending on what our interests were and yada, yada, yada. And um, to make it slightly shorter, <laughs> uh, I ended up at this place called Jubilee Partners, which is in Northeast Georgia. And it's an intentional Christian service community that uh, works with newcomers into the U.S. What does intentional mean? Uh, It means that they are all living in the same... So it started with like 
two families and they bought this piece of land and you know built houses on this land together Mm -hmm. so like kind of like if you decided that you wanted to have a community with like all your friends and you all bought houses on the same block. Okay, so like you intentionally like you, you choose. Inten- you choose like I'm going to live with these people. I'm going to commit to these people in this place okay. for the foreseeable future. Like they don't I'm... say forever. Okay. For the foreseeable future. Okay. So you can't have like, oh yeah, five years, five years down the road I'm going to like Okay. Peace out of here. So you went there once, and then you... So they also have, like, a volunteer program, and so then... So you, you went come... and volunteered there. I went and volunteered for a summer, which I do not recommend because it's very hot. I would say so. Uh, go in the fall or the winter. It's much more enjoyable. Um, but I went for a summer, and despite the weather, or maybe because of it, I don't know, but despite the weather, I loved my experience there. Um... And just always wanted to go back again to be with those people and to have new experiences like that. So did that help you think, like, maybe that's what I want to do? So that's why you Uh, wanted... Like, did it help with your youth pastor path or... I think at this point... Like, people would always ask, like, if I if I ever got into a conversation with someone and they said, oh, what are you studying in, in school? Like, oh, I'm, I'm getting a Bachelor of Theology. Oh, so you're going to be a pastor. Like, I was like, I don't know. Yeah. But I always felt like whatever it was that I would do, that, that schooling was helping me in a way that was deeper than just providing the knowledge or the skill set for a certain job. Like an English degree. Right. What are you going to do with your English degree? Yeah. Well, just it's a good base coat. Yeah. It's a yeah. primer for, for sure. whatever comes next. Yeah. Yeah. English degree is to the secular teen as there theology is to the Christian one. That that sounds about right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's a very apt so when did you go back with Heather to Georgia? Was it in the middle? Like, did you leave that Swift Current? That was after Swift Current. Oh, okay. So yeah. how long were you in Swift Current for? We were there for about two years. Our, our, for a while, our, like, max in any one physical location or job was two years. Okay. Uh, so we were there about two years, and then we were like, we really want to do something else. Um... I think this was the time when we went yeah we were getting ready to go to korea on a mission or for fun to teach english okay christian english or just english kind of but mostly just english okay yeah so wow you went to korea yeah we went to korea and um, i'm assuming south korea yes okay we went to South Korea. We ne- we went to the demilitarized zone, but we never like were able to actually go and travel. After we left, then they started opening up those tours to like go to like mountains in North Korea. Uh-huh. And that was when like there was like that lady that got shot cuz she like stepped over the line sure, yeah. or whatever and things like that. But we never got to go on any of those tours. Um 
Yeah, so we were teaching English through Mennonite Church Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was this organization there that was doing like sort of like peace work connected with um, sort of like Mennonite theology of pacifism and all that kind of stuff. But they also needed to make money to fund this work that they were doing. And so the way that they made money was to offer English classes to people. And you're what, like 25, 27? Yeah. And did your guitar go with you? Like you, I'm assuming you used your guitar as a youth pastor. I didn't take my guitar, but we, there did end up being a guitar there somewhere that I would just take home to my apartment with me. Were you using it in your, you're not doing. I was always, yeah. Like the, the music thing was always kind of like this thing that was in the background. And again, the laziness comes up. Right. Because I just always kind of thought, like, at some point, I don't know, I'll put, like, a song on the internet and, like, someone will find it and I'll yeah. get a record deal. You're Justin Bieber of the yeah. Mennonite set. Yeah. And he kind of has, like, some Mennonite connections, he, too, by Yeah, the way. well, yeah, Southern yeah. Ontario. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, you can't, like... He's a Christian throw, man, right? Throw a rock and hit a Mennonite in Southern Ontario. Yeah, there's a lot of them. <laughs> Don't throw rocks at Mennonites. No, please it's, don't. They're please really don't. nice. They're very nice. Most of them are very nice. Actually, because growing up in Southern Ontario, the, the Mennonites in Southern Ontario are the old order Mennonites, yes. right? So when I moved... For the most part. For the most part. So when I moved out west, and I was like, what do you mean you have cars and homes? And you're, homes? you call yourselves a Mennonite? Yeah, Mennonite. This is a Mennonite. Anyway, I learned a lot out here. Yeah. yeah. So I, I feel at this point like you didn't have a plan. Like you guys were just kind of... Yeah. The church was supporting you. You yeah. were working for the church even when you were not doing church work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so did you think you were going to stay in Korea forever or? No. Our plan. So we still had student loans. So we were trying to like figure out how to get rid of those. Also, I think you're the first person I've talked to who says we for your entire life. Oh, yeah. Like everyone else is an independent yeah, person yeah, and you're yeah, like, well, yeah. my wife and I, my wife yeah. and I, my yeah. wife and I. Except I don't say I don't say wife. Why is that? That's also that was one of those things that. Well, if I had probably if I had married someone else, I might be able to say the word wife more, and I don't. I'm not sad about it. She doesn't like it. She doesn't like it. And she that's fine. prefers. So we, we use spouse or partner. Yeah. I sometimes don't use the word partner now because I've, in my, listening to podcasts of all kinds, I've come across <laughs> some people. In the LGBTQ community, find it maybe sometimes slightly offensive. Oh, really? For heterosexual people to you to, uh, what's oh, what am I the word I'm looking for? To claim when to you when appropriate? you appropriate. Sure. Thank you. I didn't have that English degree. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh To appropriate a word like partner or life partner. As this like ambiguous right. spousal reference. But what if you're not married? Well, like that's, I'm not married. That's different. So I don't have a spouse. I don't know. I. I don't. Boyfriend think, seems I weird. Know. I know. I. I. I'm not. I'm not going to necessarily. We don't necessarily to debate this. We word. don't need to hash it out. But <laughs> I. I like. I like life partner. But anyway. Um. Anyway, yes, we. I. I often speak. As we, as opposed to I, yeah, which is 
is it's interesting. interesting. Um, so you, so because you had to make plans with her, like you couldn't make plans yeah, without we were, her. We were in it together. Yeah. Yeah. Life partner. We were life partners. We are life partners. So every decision you made, so you decided to leave Korea. Yeah. Well, we went. When we first signed on, it was for a one-year contract, and then we renewed that contract for another year. So we stayed there two years. Um, And then um, one of the reasons why we were trying to get rid of or at least like pay down our student loans was because what we really wanted to do together was to go on MCC which stands for Mennonite Central Committee. So they have service workers who work all around the world doing all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And Heather, for her internship, for her theology degree, had gone to uh, Tanzania for Mm -hmm. a year as like an unpaid intern worker uh, through this program called SALT, Serving and Learning Together. And she had loved it so much. She really wanted to go back. She wanted to work more in like East Africa. And I had visited her there um, for like two weeks. We had like traveled around together, much to the scandal of like probably her East African host family. Yeah. Um, But we, yeah. So I had had like a fantastic experience there as well. And I was like, yeah, for sure. Let's go. Let's do this. But we had so many student loans. Right. And there was a certain amount that this, that MCC, this NGO, would cover. But we were well above that. Like our payments on our student loans monthly were well above what they could budget for. Right. And so we had to pay them down. So Korea was part of that plan to pay down our student loans to get them to the point where we could apply to be right. volunteers. Okay. And so we did that and we got accepted to uh, positions in South Sudan or at the time, I guess it was Southern Sudan. So you went there? So we went there. In between there, then we went to Georgia again. Okay. So you're doing all this stuff for free. Yeah. And you're like, man, we have oh, so much money. Yeah. Yeah. So why would you not just, like, get a job? (laughs) I mean, it's, like, it doesn't make sense when you frame it like that. (laughs) I mean... I don't know. Like, I mean, we did it because it's what we wanted to do. You wanted to provide service. I mean, like, I guess you could say we felt called to do that, like, Mm -hmm. in terms of, like, a vocation... To serve people, to also be in places where, I mean, maybe our privilege was just that much more apparent. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not non-existent, that's for sure. But, you know, it, it to live in, these, uh, in, in a place that isn't where you're from and you're kind of out of the loop in a lot of ways, it, it stretches you. Mm-hmm. in interesting ways. So, did you do any... So, you did all the service work. So, you went off to mm-hmm. Sudan. Mm-hmm. You Southern Sudan. Southern Sudan. Yes. You. How long were you there? 
we were there for two and a half years. Whoa. And what yeah, are you... Yeah, we were planning to be there for three years, but that's... What did you end up doing? Uh, so we worked with, in partnership with the Catholic Church, uh, one of the Catholic dioceses, and we were the Peace and Justice Department. What does that mean? That sounds like RoboCop. Hell, right? <laughs> what does that mean? Well, we so we would like we would touch base with all the different little parishes, and they would have programming because, as I'm, I think probably it's fairly common knowledge that Sudan and South Sudan had like a pretty long civil war. Yeah. Um, and so. And, and even after there was a, a peace agreement that was signed, um, there were still, like, all these little conflicts that would... It was almost like all the conflicts that had been put on hold while they were having the big conflict, then were suddenly, oh, now we have time to, like, avenge the death of my cousin and this oh, and man. that. And yeah. so, so all those little con- conflicts that were between... The sides that had sort of like unified against a common enemy, mm-hmm. then they started fighting those again. And so, peace in terms of like actual like physical violence was something that was very everyday wow. for most Sudanese. Okay. And so, almost every Catholic parish would have something in terms of like conflict transformation or resolution or something Mm -hmm. where they were trying to do something to mitigate whatever sort of cultural culturally acceptable violence was going on and Mm -hmm. trying to sort of stand against that and offer alternatives did you ever feel like so you left canada and you went to other countries yeah to try to be like, I'm going to fix the problems. In, I mean, I'm just generalizing. Yeah, totally. But at what point did you wonder if you were like a white savior? Like, at what point were you uh, thinking, this isn't my problem to fix? Like, did you ever think that? Or yeah. did you ever think, man, there's a whole bunch of problems in my own country. Yeah. That I should stay and fix. Totally. But at what point did you think those things? I feel like I thought them fairly often and that was definitely a tension I don't like I I want to say I figured something out in those times but I don't think I did mm-hmm. like I would think those things um, just earlier when we were talking we were talking about racism and you know how easy before we were recorded we before had we were recording yes uh, we were talking about how easy it is sometimes to to think slip into this lie that Canada doesn't have racism, yeah, um, which is clearly not true. Um, and so that actually came up for the first time for me in a very concrete way when I was when I was at this community in Georgia, and we were having like a little session where someone was sharing about race issues in Georgia where this community is and that's you know between blacks and whites and I remember thinking during this session 
oh, I'm glad we don't have these kind of issues in <laughs> Canada. And before I could even finish that sentence in my head, yeah. I was like, oh, right. That whole thing with the indigenous populations. Right, right. I'm sure I didn't use the word indigenous even in my head at that point, but yeah, I don't remember what it was. But yeah, so ever since then, and that was 2002. Mm-hmm. So we're already at like 10 years later. Mm-hmm. And that that's not constantly, but it's it's something that keeps popping up in my head, in my thinking of like, there has to be some way that I can do this work in Canada. Because, now back to you being lazy. Yeah. Do you think that there is something to be said for, now I'm just, as someone who has never done any kind of out of Canada mission work, I've never right. done this, yeah. but I thought about doing it. I was like, I'll go on a volunteer trip. Yeah. And... Do you think it's something like because you get a it's a I realize going to a war torn nation is not mm-hmm. a vacation, right? But it's different from doing it, say, on the streets of Winnipeg. Totally, because it's sort yeah. of a fantasy. Yeah, like you get to go there. It's not yeah. really your country. Totally. You can help fix the people, but you're not necessarily. It's not really your community, and someone else sets it up for you. You fly in, you do the work. You don't have to really have. Not to say it isn't emotional, because obviously right. it would have been. But yeah. then you get to fly home, and then it's sort of, it's a little lazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Is it easier? No, I mean, there's, there's definitely something to be said about the problematic nature of overseas work. Um, for sure. Because it, it really is kind of a privileged thing to do. Yeah. I mean, there like there are or there are programs that are like sort of global south to global south exchanges in people doing like cultural exchanges, mm-hmm. and so those sort of things are happening. Or even there's a program called the International Visitor Exchange Program where mm-hmm. people from places where MCC might have white or North American service workers the people from those countries are coming to north america to like do service work right there i'm not saying that that's like then we fixed it it's like all balanced out but um but there are those things and i think partly that is a recognition of somehow trying to address some of that privilege but now i think i'm just trying to wrap it up in a nice bow but uh i'm not so yeah just circling back to the fact that it is problematic and <laughs> and everything no I'm, and, your, your and, entire like, 20s were a mess no <laughs> no but like i i i think there are different ways to engage in in that kind of experience. And we definitely met people either in secular NGOs or faith-based NGOs that were on that level of, like, we just fly in and, like, I don't really get attached and then mm-hmm. I'm done. You know, six months and I'm done. Right. And... I mean, 
like we signed on for three years. So what? So, why didn't you stay for three years? Uh, I had some very serious mental health issues that we needed to. Whoa. Yeah, we needed to come home. So. At that point. Had you always had this, or was it um, uh, like? Like low level, like it was. It was. Uh, I think. What they said was that it was like situational depression. I could imagine being yeah. there would be real yeah. depressing. And I just, I, I wasn't dealing with it in a way that was healthy. Okay. And so it, at, at a certain point, it was like, no, this is, we need to actually leave. Wow. And so, yeah. So we didn't quite make it to our three-year commitment there. Um, and so we ended up coming home and settling just on Heather's parents' farm. So you were back in the basement. Sort kind of. of, actually, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, yeah, we were in the house. We did end up building a yurt and living in the sure. yurt for a, for a year of that time. We were that we were on the farm for about two years. Working or just? Uh, well, our our plan was to be subsistence farmers oh. for ourselves and have maybe like a little market garden. But again, we're we're not the most. That sounds like go getter. You need a lot of. That sounds it's like work. It's a lot of work. Yeah. And it just and Heather had already gotten a job with MCC here in Saskatoon, um, and so she was doing that. She was commuting in four days a week. Uh, from the yurt. From the yurt, which is only like a half hour drive. Okay. So not that far. So. You're, she's working in the city. Yeah. You're living in a yurt. Yeah. Planning a fantasy about being a farmer. And building guitars. And building guitars. And uh, the fantasy is building guitars. Not uh, I wasn't actually building oh, guitars. Oh, you were fantasizing about being a subsistent farmer who builds guitars while yeah. your wife worked. I, I did build one. You built one. I built one in a class that I took. Man. I know. I figured at that point, I figured, well, if I can't be a rock star, yeah, maybe I can build guitars mm-hmm. for rock stars yeah so so how how old are you at this point uh that would have been like early 30s so yeah i turned 30 when we were in south sudan so you abandoned the jars of clay dream yeah no longer no what was his name leonard Larry Norman. Larry Norman. Yeah. Larry Norman. Um, yeah. You've abandoned this path. Yeah. You're no longer a youth pastor. Right. You don't want to be a youth pastor. No. You, somehow, you, for those of you who are paying attention, we started by <laughs> announcing Joel as a baker. Yeah. So when did you learn to bake bread? At the farm. In the yurt. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like I had baked bread before that, but like... You say that very... like everybody does it. Most of well, us don't. No? Okay. Yeah. Well, I yeah. I got kind of interested in it during my college years. And I had done it like on and off during that time. But like never anything like... Like I didn't have a job in a bakery or anything like that. Um, Heather actually has the bragging rights for that. And will bring it up often when I get touted as the baker of our family that she actually had the first she was the first baker 
of us. So the lazy again. You just stole yeah. her. I know. Thing. I just straight up <laughs> stole the credit. Tofu, from, tofu I husband. I know, right? Uh, so yeah. So we, when we moved back, I I got it in my head that I was. That I just got really curious about fermentation. Okay. Just in general. Yep. Like fermenting anything. I got Did you book. learn about fermentation and bread making in Sudan? Not really. Okay, so it wasn't no. like a no. fermenting in Korea you didn't learn I about? I mean, like there's definitely, I de- definitely developed an appreciation for like something like spicy fermented cabbage. Right. While in Korea. Okay. Uh, but yeah, just this idea of, of uh, like producing these interesting foods just so almost magically through this process of fermentation just was like this is so interesting to me that i would just want to learn more about it so i bought this huge book that's all about fermentation and there's like a few little bits about sourdough baking i was like oh yeah i remember like somebody once making sourdough bread somewhere where i was living and i was like oh that, that was pretty cool i don't know anything about that and so i started getting books from the library and like trying to figure out how to make sourdough bread, how to make a starter and all these kind of things. And I, I finally found a book that kind of, it clicked for me and I just like, it was like this switch where I was just like, this is the best bread that I've ever eaten. This is amazing. And you made it at the farm. I made it at the farm. I made it. It was amazing. So you abandoned guitars making. Yeah. I mean, it was still a little bit there probably at that point. And I was actually, I did get a job here in the city at a guitar making did you? place. Yes. Wow. It was called Dingwall Designer Guitars. Yeah. They make very fancy bass guitars. So you... We're making guitars for rock stars. Yes, we were. Yeah. So for a time. All right. Checked it off. Good job. Yeah. Uh, but, and I started bringing bread to my job and being yeah. like, you guys have to try this. You, so you the have to bread was a hobby. The bread was a hobby. Uh, and then I found out about a bakery in town who was doing like wood fired sourdough sure. bread. And I was like, oh. Well, I want to go there, but I also want to work there, mm-hmm. which I ended up doing for about three years. Sure. And uh, just kind of went further down the rabbit hole of bread and sourdough in particular. And just like I would do it on my days off. Mm-hmm. Like I would be at home baking bread on my days off from baking bread. Wow. Like, I just didn't ever want not do it. You found your new religion. Kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Evangelical for bread. You bet. I became an evangelist for the sourdough gospel. <laughs> so. <laughs> if there is one. Yeah. So, so during this time, you have yes. moved out of your yurt. Yes. You abandoned We've the... We've moved into Saskatoon again. No more subsistence farming. No. Do you have a farm in your backyard? Uh, we have a garden, yeah. Yeah. A little urban farm. little we urban. We do, yeah. We even... Last year we grew a little bit of wheat. 
Oh, I thought Just you were going to say a little bit of weed. Weed, not yet. Not no, yet. Not no. yet. That would make us some money, though. Well, I think maybe. That, I feel like that would. You be just actually, get a license. Yeah. Yeah. Legal. That sounds. That oh, sounds like. Make it, that sounds, sounds like, like work. a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So when I so when I left uh, my job at the bakery. I was kind of like, oh, I don't know. What am I going to do now? Am I going to just keep going in this? Or am I going to do something totally different? Should I go back to maybe being a pastor? And at this time... Again, at, at, oh, sorry, again. Yeah. Huh? Well, Late. just because yeah. it, like, it makes good money. Um, at this point, you have a <laughs> child. Yes. So you've already like, I got a baby I got to look after. Yeah. So you... Uh, and, I, and I actually... So I had taken three months. I think it was three months of parental leave right from the bakery okay and had really enjoyed that and i had actually like kind of both of us had sort of like very flexible schedules at that point and so we were still able to do most of the child care between the two of us and with me taking up more of it because i was like i actually like doing this like yeah. so i um so i asked for a reduction in hours so that i could stay at home what would your 17 year old self have thought about you staying at home you know actually this is the thing that that i always find i'm very grateful for um and i mean there's a little bit of backstory that would nuance this a little bit more but my dad was always for the majority of my life like he was the one who was like in the kitchen like making food and like doing sort of okay, like so that, making stuff so that idea so you, that okay. like male like like a male doing those things was okay. modeled for me okay early on which i was like i mean of of all the things that you can glean from like a conservative upbringing like that was like the most out there sure sort of thing and so even to this day like it's like yeah that makes sense to me why i why I'm here. Interesting. Right? So you're now living in town. You have a child. Yeah. You're baking full time. At that point, yeah. At that point, I was like like one third time-ish. And how long ago was that? <laughs> uh, that was like two years ago. I think that was about two years ago. And now you have a little business. Yeah. So how I many? Sometimes call it a micro bakery. Micro bakery. How many people yeah. are do you bake for? Uh, I bake for about sixty people. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then a couple of businesses here in the city, and so the the households subscribe for a month or more, uh, and then they so they pay in advance and they get a loaf of bread a week for four weeks is kind of the standard subscription share and each week i put a different flour uh f- like flour as in the, the wheat flour wheat flour yeah uh a stencil yeah. on on the bread that has some kind of either social justice or self-care or thought-provoking message or image that hopefully sparks conversation around the meal table. Right. So you, it's interesting. Your little journey has taken you back. Mm-hmm. Like you're, yeah, it's 
it's pasturing in a way. Yeah. It's doing yeah. good good works. Yeah. So okay, I, that's your life up to this point. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, would you say that the podcast is called "You Were Going to Be Fantastic"? Do you think you are? It depends on the day, but yeah, I yeah. would say for the most part, I, f- I feel like like I'm living my current dream. Oh, that's nice. Right now. Um, so the next question is, what do you think you'll be doing in like 38 more years? Like, wh- like what could uh, your life be? Like, what's the next thing? Oh, that's some math, but that would be, make me what? 70 something? 76? Sure. What, what, 76? It, what do you think you'll be doing? I have no idea. Because I never would have expected this. Yeah. So, probably the opposite of whatever I would decide to say at this point. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Whatever the opposite, if there's such a thing as the opposite of something. I don't know. Because I wouldn't say this is the opposite of what I thought I would be doing, but it's just not what I thought I would be doing. Okay. And um, the last question. Yeah. Yeah. When you were five, yeah, what was your plan? <laughs> Where did you see yourself as a grown-up? Ah, I don't know. I don't know. Like everyone always talks about, like, oh, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a firefighter yeah. or an astronaut or whatever. And I don't know. Maybe I wanted to be like an artist or something like that. Like, I, I have no like. <laughs> that I have seems, no actual yeah. memory of like. I re- this is the thing that I want to do. Okay, like, well, this I is a job. To I be fair, do. I don't think you've ever had that, <laughs> and I don't think you do now. So uh, I think that yeah. seems very much on par with. Yeah, you. there we go. I'm on brand. You're for on sure brand for my life. <laughs> so uh, tell the listeners at home where they can find you on the social meds. On the social media, well, um, you, I'm most active on my Instagram account, which is. At Baker Craker and Baker Craker is spelled B A E K E R K R A E K E R. Okay. There you go. All right. That's that's the best I can explain it. Well, yeah. uh, thank I, you. I, I, yeah. Is there anything else that we should it. know? No, that's all I we should know. That's about it. You? I think that's it. Okay. Well, thank you for talking to me today. Well, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. And uh, um, I'll see you next week when I pick up my bread. You bet. Okay. Thank you. Goodbye, everybody. What will be, will be.